Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to our, our weekend worship service, our first one on site of the last six, seven, how many months has it been? It's been like forever, hasn't it? Well, welcome back to campus, those of you who are able to come today on this Sunday, September 20th. Uh, I want to give uh, many thanks to uh, Phil and particularly to Warren who's behind the corner there and to Paul right here for just the incredible work that they have done uh, to get ourselves uh, ready for uh, this worship service. Thank you guys. And uh, also behind the scenes, unseen for all these months, making it possible for us to have our, our live streaming worship from, from two different homes. Uh, it's just been tremendous what they've done. We thank them for that. And we're also gonna be thanking uh, the hosts who are welcoming us, uh, uh, three ladies there, and we have four gentlemen who are acting, uh, three gentlemen today that are acting as shepherds for us. Uh, helping us to, to keep our distance. Because remember, if you want to join us in person, uh, you need to pre-register online and you need to be healthy and willing to uh, own up to that on the little form that we have the, to sign in on. Uh, you also need to agree to the, uh, the protocols of, of being with us, which is uh, wearing a mask and uh, keeping that physical distance of six feet. I've already noticed just how hard that is to do uh, between family uh, units, um, but we need to be doing that. That's part of what uh, the state and the county require of us if we're gonna be meeting uh, in person. So uh, be attentive to that, please, and, and keep your mask on and keep your distance from people who are not a part of your home. And as of the moment, there still is no singing, but that might be changing. We'll be seeing about that. But at, at the moment, if you uh, recognize a hymn that's being sung or a, a choral piece that is being uh, projected on the, on the screen, uh, just, just kind of hum it along to yourself if you want to, if you feel inclined. But uh, you're not supposed to be belting uh, that out. Uh, those of you who are here know the routine, so I'm just going to speak for a moment for those of you who are not with us yet, and, and that is just to remind you of not just those protocols, but the process by which you, you get on campus for our worship service. You're going to be uh, entering through the driveway entrance of the church, which is off of Westlake Boulevard, and you'll meet up with Vinya there, who is the keeper of the uh, campus. You're going to have to uh, be pre-registered uh, before Vinia lets you through or you'll be pulling into a parking slot there and doing your registration on the fly as you arrive if we have room for you. Uh, today we certainly would have but as some weeks pass it may be that we'll, we'll reach our capacity and so registering beforehand um, will be important to, to get into the service. So you'll, you'll come down through that driveway once you pass Vinia and you'll come into the parking lot and park and, and come to this first station which is over here at the, at the right here that Paul's gonna kind of zoom in on right now. You see Joanna and Julie right there. Um, lining up along the uh, office in the driveway is, is what we think might happen. If more than a, a family or two arrive at a time, there'd be a queue that will start to form in that direction. Uh, keep your distance and then come to where Julie and Joanna are to, to recheck in, which means basically saying, yes, I still am healthy, and letting her uh, 
take your temp. And then uh, you'll move to the, the second station, which is down there, and you see Carol Ames is there right now waving her hand. And, and, and that is the station that, that brings you into the entrance onto campus. That's where you'll leave your offering. That's where, for having communion, you'll pick up a little packet for communion. Um, that's where, if you have a prayer request that you haven't gotten to uh, the church, uh, to the clergy through the email, you can, you can leave it. Uh, with her and she'll be sure to get it to whoever is the praying pastor uh, this Sunday morning so you would you would follow what Paul is doing and and come across the sidewalk and then you would be greeted by one of our shepherds uh, Douglas Johnson or Boyd Donovan or David Biedebach or James Geely these are the the four that are going to be serving in that capacity we'll have two on a Sunday uh, doing the work Um, and so if you were coming in, you would be encouraged to sit in the grass area or to sit here in the patio. Um, if you're early enough, you can get in the patio under a uh, umbrella, which will be uh, a prized piece of real estate, I think, as the temperature rises on a particular Sunday. Bringing your chair, bringing a beach blanket, if that's what you want to sit on, uh, whatever works best for you. Rachel and I uh, learned last week that uh, we could be speaking here without a mask because the distance between us and the the nearest person is going to be beyond that six foot or 10 foot or 12 foot uh, distance. Um, That's why our two sound people close by are wearing a shield just to be super careful. but our intention is to always have a mask on unless uh, we're speaking so that we're in the same situation that you are of being reminded to be, be cautious. Um, I, I think I looked a little bit like Darth Vader last week with the mask going in and out with my breathing and that sound. And so um, uh, this, this may be uh, a good visual solution, but also um, a healthy uh, solution as well. Okay, so perhaps you will be with us next week in person on campus. If you feel comfortable with that, um, please feel that the invitation has extended you uh, to do that or to, again, watch us virtually uh, through the wonder of the internet. We'll be streaming these worship services um, uh, every Sunday. Either way, either way you choose to worship, the, the Spirit of God is surely afoot among us here at the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village nurturing and equipping i hope you feel that in your life i have felt it in mine strengthening and guiding us Uh, we praise god for the tender mercies that have been a part of our lives that have gotten us this far and we pray that those mercies would continue along with us on our journey through this uh, strange time of pandemic We are in this together. We are each other's keepers. Uh, Scripture says that. uh, We've been doing that kind of mindset in the church for centuries. Uh, All the more important right now that we are cognizant of that and we look out for one another and we are each other's brother and sister. For together it is that we will prevail and persist with this. 
We're sending out notices every uh, Sunday evening and reminders on Friday to everybody on our email mailing list. I hope you have been getting those. If you have not been getting those, would you please uh, make a point of communicating with the church office and see that that gets fixed? Uh, That's one of the key ways that we're reminding you of what's going on in the life of the church and inviting you to be uh, a part of things that are going on. Um, For example, there's a new Bible study that is starting on Paul's epistles. It will be starting on Wednesdays, morning and evening, depending on the turnout uh, at the beginning of October. And there is a new book study on white fragility that is starting on Thursdays, morning and evening, if that sounds like something you want to be involved in 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 the beginning of October. Uh, Check in with the church office to register for those classes. I don't know if you've noticed, but we're going to be having a uh, blood drive also here in the beginning of October on Saturday the 10th. And that's worthy of your attention. So if you haven't heard about that, um, make sure you get us to Joanna and get your email, the one that you check regularly, uh, into her bank so that she can communicate accurately with you. Well, enough of these announcements for now. We're here for worship, so let us uh, let us take a breath, let us uh, center our spirits and worship our living Lord. Our Psalter reading this morning comes from Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children, We will tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and wonders that he has done. He established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and rise up and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God.
For all of the children who are at home, I want to invite you to come close to your TV screens right now because this is the time dedicated to you. This is the time where we get to talk with each other and have a conversation about how God may be active in our lives. I want to remind you to remind your parents that if they have not stopped by the church yet to pick up your Sunday school packets, that they are out and ready for you to get them because we have started our journey of looking at Genesis and the story of God creating the world. In my first video for the Sunday School lesson that was posted on Thursday, I asked you to tell, share a little bit about creation with me. And I got a picture from one of our young people. For those of you who are gathered in our place, if you look at the monitor, you may be able to see a picture of two of our children from our church. And those of you at home, I'm hoping that it's up on the screen. It's a picture of Lainey and Macy and they miss our church family and can't wait to be back with us. But Lainey painted a picture of a flower, and she said she wanted us to see it because as we talk about creation, she wants us to remember that God created the flowers. And how amazing is it that our three- and four-year-olds can remind us of God's beauty and creation. Our Sunday school lessons talk about creativity, and there's a picture that actually my daughter drew or colored in that's in your activity packs that you can color in as well. And it says creativity because what we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks is the fact that God was creative so that we might creative. And everything that God created, he said was good. And the amazing thing is, is that God created day and night, light and dark. And kids, I want you to know you are a great light to our community. Just as Lainey reminded us that God created the flowers, the ways that you bring joy and fellowship, the ways that you are creative and imaginative bring such light to our world. Continue being you, continue seeking God, and continue to see the ways in which God invites you to create as well. Let us take a moment to talk to God. God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for creation. Thank you for light and dark, for giving us the stars and the moon, so that when it is dark, we are reminded that your light does not go out. Give us imagination. Give us creativity. And let us shine your light. Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we give you thanks for the sunshine that shines down on us and reminds us of your creation. 
the beauty in which you developed and invited us into and continually said it was good. Help us to see the good of your creation and the good in each and every, each and every person that you created as well. Let us celebrate the ways in which you continue to create through us. On this day, we come to you with thanksgiving that we have a group that has regathered on campus to worship and the joy of technology that allows us to worship with our entire community, regardless if they need to stay at home or if they feel the need and the desire to be here. Thank you for creativity, imagination, and flexibility that has made this day possible. This is a celebration six months after we went virtual to be gathered again together again. Lord, as we talk this day about charity and greed, help us to reflect within ourselves, to see the ways in which we might be holding on and holding close to our vest, things that we might not need to, and see the ways that you are inviting us to be gracious and charitable to those that are in need. Help us to be people that proclaim your truth and continue to bring your light into the world. As your people of faith gathered in this place, we lift up these concerns of our community. We pray for D or Dave Crawford as he prepares to have hip revision surgery on September 30th. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for with Jane Chapman for her niece, Darcy, who remains incarcerated. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for what's happening in our country, between all people and across the world. Please help us. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Kathy Drake and Sergia Woodruff as they recover from surgery. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join Gloria Hilliard in lifting up prayers for Kay Green Rowland in the passing of her husband, Bill. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join in a nation lifting up prayers for the family of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and our nation as we acknowledge her passing we give thanks for the ways in which she has fought she had fought for women's rights and worked to make the world more just be with us as a nation because a variety of emotions have have come up from a variety of perspectives and we just ask that we might have a moment of mourning a moment of reflection and a moment of healing lord in a world that has a pandemic, fires and hurricanes, we are tired. We acknowledge that and we ask you to address and be with all of the people in all of the places that need your healing touch right now. As the United States inches closer to losing over 200,000 people to the coronavirus, we grieve and our hearts break but we trust that you are present and that you will bring the healing in your own time.
allow us to continue to be the agents of healing and do what is necessary so that we might continue to thrive as your people, the kingdom of God. And we come to you with some joys this day as well. We celebrate Phil Severance and his 80th birthday today. We celebrate that John Elginer finished this week 12 months of immunotherapy for metastatic melanoma. For all of our joys, we give you thanks, O Lord, and we give you an appreciation for the ways in which you continue to guide us and direct us. And we join together, speaking quietly to ourselves, the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let your light shine, 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 let your light
Our scripture reading today is from Luke chapter 12, verse 15, and Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Be sure of this, that no fornicator or impure person, or one who is greedy, that is, an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Feed me till I want no more. Open now the crystal fountain whence the healing stream doth flow. Let the fire and cloudy pillar lead me all my journey through. Strong deliver, strong deliver, be thou still my strength and shield. Be still my strength and shield. Some quick background uh, remarks for our fall sermon series uh, led into this topic by the conviction that our life in this pandemic days are days in which we have an opportunity to uh, honker down and get into a hole and become nothing more than maybe the least of ourselves or perhaps even the worst of ourselves or an opportunity to try to stretch ourselves and in these moments of of disorientation or of breaking apart of patterns or habits see the opportunity to uh, morph a little bit more one way or another way tweak ourselves to become a little bit more of this kind of person rather than that kind of person perhaps becoming a little bit more what we want to be having an opportunity because Uh, rote patterns and basic habits of life have been disrupted so we have a a more accessible opportunity to alter ourselves. We've been preaching about that off and on for these six, seven months and and this sermon series in the fall is inviting us to uh, consider that topic a little bit from a a different perspective than maybe one that we've taken uh, very often in our lives. And that is to to think about how perhaps a good way of, of perceiving ourselves is to talk about ourselves as people with character, 
and to think about whether we have a good character or a character that is wanting. I think so often the church tries its very best to pat everybody on the back and give them hugs that we sometimes lose track of the fact that, that Jesus has some very specific expectations about how we ought to be as people who are following in the Spirit of God. That Jesus has some hopes that we would be a certain type of person. And that maybe that type of person is very much what we are right now. And maybe that type of person is someone that we need to take some pains to become a little bit more like. This fall sermon series gives us an opportunity to, to look at our character through, some, uh, through re- regaining the use of some words that God only knows I haven't used very much over the 40 years of my ministry, though it strikes me as a little ironic that I would be uh, owning up to that. And that is thinking about the difference between virtues and vices. And how virtues and vices are, are ways by which easy readily handable, get our brains around it, ways by which we can think about uh, shaping our character or damaging our character. I probably am not the first one to bring to your mind that the words sin, soul, redemption, and grace are not words you hear very much at Starbucks or at the sports arena or wherever it is nowadays that you might be able to gather with some people and talk safely with them. If you think back before the pandemic, you'll, you'll think that, yeah, you know, we really didn't talk much about vices and virtues, did we? We didn't seem to hold people accountable, did we, to their vices or virtues? We were basically accepting people and we, we hope for the best from people. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be those kind of folk any longer but I am suggesting that during this time of disorientation that has come upon us in the pandemic we have an opportunity a fresh opportunity to work on who we are to think about how it is that our soul is shaped by our character is affected by our character, uh, besmirched or discolored by our character, and how our character is something that we can build or uh, injure by how well we are embracing virtues or embracing vices. So at the point of sounding uh, at least as old as I am or older, I'm going to be trying to recapture some of these words and enter them into our vocabulary and into our thinking about ourselves. And I'll invite you to, to do the application to yourself or to your loved one and, and see if there are ways by which we can strive through... Uh, bringing forward more of a virtue in our life and 
a lessening of vice in our life, if there's a way we might get a stronger character and a more um, holy and just soul in the eyes of God. We've come to an age where we think most anything can go and perhaps God's grace is that forgiving and perhaps God's mercy is that expansive. But I would hedge my bets on trying to live the best life I could and then on my knees at the cross ask for God's grace to pull me the rest of the way forward knowing that I've done all that I could to become the best person I could be. So we've had some, we've had some talk about lust and sex in church. Uh, the, the, I think the outcome of that sermon was don't do it in the pews. Um, I can even see behind your mask a couple smiles for that. Thank you for that. We were talking about our sexuality and, and how we can use that to enhance or uh, injure our sacred relationships. We spent some time talking about gluttony and temperance, talking about our consumption of the things that keep us alive and, and how important it is to our well-being not to uh, bring toxins into our system, that, that actually if we are uh, following temperance in our consumption, uh, we're in a better place physically, we're in a better place of being re able to relate to God because how do you relate to God except through this shell of a body that you are in? When we're dead, our soul in oneness with God, amen. On this side of that doorway, our bodies have a lot of uh, interaction with our spirituality. So it becomes important treating our bodies as the temple of the spirit. Well, we talked about that on a Sunday and I, I don't want to repeat that. I want to move on to our, our next topic, which is talking about the vice of greed and the virtue of charity. And greed, we think of greed as defined as a, as a strong, uh, selfish desire for possessions, for, for wealth, for, for power. The desire for undue material gain, which is often gotten at the expense of others. When we think about greed, we think about Ebenezer Scrooge. We talked about him last Christmas, right? Or we think about Silas Marner, if you can think back of your high school reading list, or perhaps uh, more contemporary, we would think about Gordon Gecko from the 87, 1987 film Wall Street. For he had that famous line, that famous line that went, greed, for the lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed 
clarifies, it, it cuts through, it captures the, the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms, greed for life, for money, for love, for knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. The book and the film, The Big Short, shows real life, not manufactured fictional life, real life greedy characters. We saw greed in action as our nation was brought, brought to the brink of, of collapse. We experienced its fallout with many of our homes going underwater or some of us experiencing a loss of our, of our pension. Greed is, is not good. Greed actually is a vice. It's to be identified, it's to be controlled, it's to be eliminated. As a secular psychologist talked about his concept and his way of making sense of the world, he was saying greed is an inordinate desire to acquire or possess more than what one needs. It's like last week's topic of consumption, but instead of food and drink, it's about objects. The degree of excessiveness in greed is related to our inability to control, I guess you could say the reformulation of wants once desired needs have been eliminated. Eric Fromm described greed as a bottomless pit which exhausts the person in an endless effort to satisfy the need without ever reaching satisfaction. But you know, it's not just a secular psychological concept as helpful as that might be to our understanding how greed can just gnaw at us and and keep us hungering for more and more and more and more and how you're never satisfied and and how there's been studies of of really wealthy people who say well when is there enough well how much wealth is enough wealth and and apparently they will say almost to a person more than what I have and that's regardless of how much they have. It's not just a psychological concept, though. Greed needs to be treated as a religious concept. And that's why it's not just good for society to be grounded in greed, but it's, it's not good for a person's spiritual well-being for their life to be grounded in greed. As a religious concept, I think we get to the, the heart of the matter, and that is that Scripture talks about greed as idolatry. Do you think of it that way? If you wish to be biblically based in your thinking, uh, be open to that definition 
of greed. In Luke, the rich man dies poor before God because that rich man was putting his trust in his wealth. In Ephesians, it's called out directly, displacing God, greed does, for mammon in our hearts. And that same note is sounded in Colossians 3, 5, where greed is called straight out as idolatry, worshiping of money rather than the worshiping of God. That old century-old writer I've been referencing to get back to virtues and vices, he writes, it, greed teaches merchants to adulterate their goods, put a little sand in the flour or sawdust in the wheat, that type of thing. Employees to steal from their employers. Lawyers to lie. Operators of the stock exchange to swindle their clients, he writes. The real danger is the tendency to believe that if we have money to trust in, we can dispense with both the blessings of God and the sympathy of others. First Timothy says the love of money is the root of all evil. Greed draws the focus of life back upon our self and our selfishness. It does not honor God, nor does it enable our love of neighbor. We founder in the waters of self-centeredness with the vice of greed. Our faith, though, in clear contrast, seeks to place God at the center of our lives, not money, not the consumption of objects, God there in the center of our lives, and our faith asserts that the caring of others best ethically expresses that God-centeredness that we are to have. And so that, my friends, is the virtue of charity and how that word is linked to the vice of greed. Stalker says we can better handle our greed, that greed that's a part of ourselves, by having three convictions, and one is to know that there are better things in life than money. What might those be? I guess they would be health and intelligence, uh, a sympathetic heart, a clear conscience, a useful life. A good character perhaps is worth more than anything money could buy. 
Could that be true still in our day for us? Another conviction is that money is not an end in itself, but only a means, only a means by which to reach an end. We should compel it to serve ends we freely choose, ends for the right purpose that God would bring forward to us, the most ideal of which are the causes for which Christ Jesus died. How did Jesus run afoul? What was Jesus lifting up? How do we embrace those things with the essence of who we are and our resources? And a third would be, well, as is obvious, isn't it, with some bumper stickers and jokes that we all make, is that money cannot be kept forever. Our life has an expiration date and our material things are left behind. Their only good is in assisting us in reaching our desired final destination. If our resources do that for us, we have used them well. If they impede that journey, we have let them distract and dissipate us. So the antidote for the vice of greed is the virtue of charity. Learning the value of charity is a key in handling this inclination that we have to consume, to, to be greedy. Charity is the, is the voluntary giving away of money, right? Or, or of other kinds of help to those folk who are in need. Charity helps us to mitigate our greed. It gives us a, mean by, a means by which to move away from greed and gives us training as we practice charity. It gives us training in reorganizing our attitudes and our behaviors in coherence with that ethical principle of our faith. So, David, the more charitable you are, the more you're practicing what God would have you be, the more you're living into that identity for yourself, the more you're making it a part of who you are, the more you're allowing that generous spirit to shape your soul. Practicing charity helps us to practice being Christ-like. Practice being a follower of our Lord and Savior. As we bring charity to the center of our life and how we use our resources, greed then gets pushed aside and it gets seen for what it really is, for the, for the sin it really is. And we take another big step in building character that we can be proud of 
that reflects the value of God that in that old-fashioned image we might think we might feel good about as we stand in conversation with our Lord at the end of our lives. Wesley had some practical advice about money. Do you remember he had some of these aphorisms? Uh, make all you can, save all you can, give away all that you can. Money is an evil in itself. It is our inordinate desire for it, for our own aggrandizement. And then our misuse of it once we have it. That's the problem. We are called to be people of charity, a grace freely received is then extended to others. A love that is unmerited, that has healed us, now leads us to share in consequence significantly with others. Abundant blessings experienced and passed forward to the greater good. Who speaks about the greater good nowadays? We do. The greater good. A miserly, greedy person's spirit wilts before fully blossoming. His character is stunted and is trapped in the deadening of me, me, me. A spiritual, deep, deep, murky hole from which no light escapes. We studied this, if you remember. We, we studied this as we talked about Ebenezer Scrooge and A Christmas Carol last Christmas. This was one of the themes that jumped up at us. Greed does not end well spiritually. Now charity is a different story. Greed makes life all about the inflated self. Charity makes life all about the other and what God can do with us through the family of faith. Now all people, regardless of your financial wherewithal, have the opportunity to be a blessing to others. And the more we resist the temptation towards greed, and put charity to work through our lives, the more we strengthen our character. And we do so with it being in the front line of our lives what God wishes for us. 
living even in the most sacred of things that we never talk about at church, which is really our money. Putting that at the foot of the cross, at the altar of God, and asking God's directions as we give God our thanks. When we do this, our soul becomes buoyant. It becomes vibrant. It becomes a blessing. We have the remarkable opportunity to be people of substantial charity who can make a significant difference in many, many, many people's lives. It's a gift to us from God to be able to be a gift towards others and in so doing to strengthen and improve ourselves our character, our, our soul. Thanks be to God. That's a good new normal for ourselves. A super way to set a course for a better life. Amen. Reflecting on the concept of charity as we come to the time in our service where we have the opportunity to present our tithes, gifts, and offering to God is a great segue. It's a great chance for us to consider if we've already placed money in the offering plate, if that is a true representation of charity, or if God is calling us to place a little bit more. Now, if you're at home, you did not have the chance to place your offering in the offering plate just yet but you can go online to our website or mail in your offering. Either way, the ministry that we perform here in this place, both to you and to the larger community, is made possible by the gifts and the charity that you give. So we hope that you prayerfully consider to give as God calls you to.
Well, we are so glad you have joined us today for worship. Uh, bless you, bless your souls. Uh, we trust that this has been uh, emotionally uplifting, that it's been thought-provoking, of course, but also spiritually nurturing of an experience. Uh, if you're present with us, let me remind you uh, here on campus that uh, as you leave after worship, that it's important that you keep your uh, physical distance between the uh, family units as you, as you leave. So try to uh, do your best at keeping your six-foot uh, distance. And if you are at home, I want to remind you that uh, Rachel will be opening up the virtual coffee hour in about uh, five minutes. So... Um, if you are at home worshiping with us, uh, get a quick cup of coffee or uh, settle in and, and that will be open in just a little bit and we'll, we'll greet you there. Our prayers go with you as you head towards this new week which is ahead. Go through it with God as your resource, as your light let God's way be your way. Do somebody a good. It'll do you no harm. Doing somebody a good. Be that kind of person in the name of Christ. Be safe, stay healthy, and know that you are loved. Amen. Thank you.